0: Well, praise the Lord, praise the Lord, everybody, amen, good evening, this is Pastor Lester Hayes coming at you all tonight, uh, it is our Tuesday night, Bible study and prayer need be, partnering tonight with River of Life with Pastor Thomas and Joe Rich out of Maryland, amen, and their people tonight, and just a, a, a bunch of members of the body of Christ coming together from more than Conquered Warriors. Uh, for Christ Ministry I'm out of Richmond Hill with Pastor Phoebe, Pastor Eric and uh, New Freedom Christian Ministry, Pastor Sharon and myself. And we just thank God for the body of Christ, the body of believers that thought it not, Robert, to come together and join with us on tonight. This particular lesson tonight is going to be going out over about 45 platforms, uh, going to be reaching several uh, countries. We're going to publish it about twenty-four hours after we get off tonight. So for those out there that are, that are uh, you know, cash boxing in, that are and in on tonight, live streaming. We just welcome all of you tonight uh, for joining us tonight. We appreciate your support tonight. Pray that the word tonight will minister to you, and it will be a blessing to you tonight. That is our, our scope, our aim, and goal is to be able to please God by distributing, publishing, declaring his word, amen, because he said it's his word that he wants people to know and be sanctified by which is truth. And once that happens, you'll be made free. And if the Son sets you free, who is the living Word of God, his name is Jesus Christ, the Messiah, Christ, the anointed Son of the living God, only the God, full of grace and truth. And if he makes you free, then you're free indeed. Now you can stand fast in the liberty where Christ, has made you free. And you don't have to ever be entangled with the yoke of again, because whether To welcome all of you tonight. Uh, God is so good. Amen. Even in the midst of what's going on all around us, our God is still faithful. He's still good. And we're going to uh, uh, learn some things tonight. Amen. About the new restoration that God has promised us. He said he was going to do a new restoration. He's going to raise up a new culture of people. And we know that there are sons and daughters out there right now of this age that we live in. This generation that are more wiser based on the word that's in the book of Luke chapter 11 verse 26 than the children of light, is because you know we have we have you know we have kind of become a little bit complacent and God is waking us up and stirring us up and trying to get us charged up and ignited and moving again to prepare for his soon coming amen and so we thank the Lord tonight for this opportunity pray that it will be a blessing to you tonight, amen uh tonight is the third week Talking about the new restoration that God is going to do, the new thing He's going to do based on the Word. So week one we talked about uh, coming of a new new restoration. Uh, week two we talked about the man started religion uh, of the world versus the, uh, God started Christianity by the church. And in the church in, in Antioch. And week three tonight we're going to talk about God's new restoration requires discipline and endurance to finish. Christian race and this journey of this course and life that we're on right now. Amen. So let's just open um, with the word of prayer tonight, and we'll get right into this. Amen. I, uh, I tell you, so many things are going on, but we thank God that we're able to pray. We thank God that we have access to him through his word. We thank God that we have fellowship with the saints. It's just a blessing. we draw strength each other. We encourage each other. It was just a beautiful thing to get on this line after the second attempt hear some voices, and I heard Sister Marlon say, when two or three gather together, I felt Jesus, it was like, it was like when, when John leaped in Elizabeth's womb, I felt him leap, I felt the Holy Ghost leap, you know, and that let me know that he was, he was, he was here in our midst, amen, and so we welcome the Holy Spirit tonight, amen, but let's just pray tonight before we go into the Word. Uh, Father God, we come to you tonight in the precious name of your only begotten Son, Jesus, Christ, and hope and hope by faith that you would hear our prayers tonight and answer them and show us great and mighty things that we know not of according to your word in the book of Jeremiah chapter 33, verse 3, be it unto us tonight. We pray, Father God, in the name of Jesus, for forgiveness and healing for our nation and even the world. We pray for all those that are in authority, king, all in authority, so that we may lead tranquil and quiet lives, peaceable lives, and all godliness and honesty, according to your word, Lord, in the book of 1 Timothy, chapter 2, verse 2 of the King James Bible, be it unto us. We pray for your righteousness, that it will exalt every nation on the planet Earth, and our sins, which are a, a disgrace and a reproach to any nation, especially ours. According to your word, Lord, in the book of Proverbs, chapter 14, verse 34, the King James Bible, be it unto us tonight, enlighten us tonight. We pray that blessed would be every nation who make you or confess you, Lord God, profess you, God, as their God, and that they will praise you and worship you as the only God, their only God, and have no other God beside you and make no waving images unto you. We pray that every nation will be restored again and again back to your own chosen inheritance, chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation unto God, a peculiar people that every nation, tongue, and tribe should show forth the praises of him who has called every nation and every people out of darkness into his marvelous light, according to your word in the book of Psalms chapter 33, verses 12 through 14 of the King James Bible and first, the book of First Peter chapter 2, verse 9 of the King James Bible, we say be it unto us tonight. Use this teaching tonight to help us, your people, to regain our hope, confidence, and confidence in you, our sovereign God in faith, our very present help in these troubled and evil days as we work to redeem the times because our days are Thank you, Heavenly Father, God, for hearing our prayers and answering them according to your word, Lord, in the book of Jeremiah, chapter 33, verse 3 the King James Bible. Be it unto us, Father. Thank you, Father God, that as your word goes forth, it will not return unto you, Lord, but it shall accomplish that which you please and shall prosper in the things whereunto you send it, According to your word, Lord, in the book of Isaiah, chapter 55, verse 11, the King James Bible, be it unto us. Tonight. We are your people, call by your name, and we will now humble ourselves and pray and seek your face, going forward and turn from our wicked ways. Then will we be confident that you will hear from heaven, Lord God, on the on the behalf of every nation, tongue, and tribe, Lord God, and you will forgive our sins. And you will heal our land according to your word and the book of 2 Chronicles chapter 7, verses 13 to 14 of the King James Bible. Now be it unto us, every nation, tongue, and tribe. Thank you for being God and saving the lost, keeping covenant with the backsliders, still loving and waiting on the return of to the first love, the prodigal sons and daughters of every nation, tongue, and tribe all over the world, Especially Help the immature grow in their knowledge, wisdom, and understanding of the kingdom of God that we have inherited from you. Help the mature believers to build on the foundation that has already been laid, which is the apostolic teaching and preaching of sound doctrine, with Jesus Christ being the chief cornerstone of every building, God's house, where everybody is somebody special, where restoration for the lost begins. Help us, oh God, your teachers and your preachers, Sound doctrine, which is documented, for God, under the power and demonstration of the Spirit of God in love without compromise and not as holling for filthy lucre as aggressive beggars, that you did not send out as wolves and sheep clothes, but as humble servants in Christ Jesus' name. Amen. And so be it. Your will be done in our lives here on this line and on this earth in this place tonight as it is in heaven amen and amen in jesus name we pray amen praise the lord so let's briefly take a look at a subject matter right now that is being preached by all the clergy out there i guess we've been forced into it i had a discussion today with a very dear person in my life subject was about racism. I had a CAT hand done, and I was on my way back from the hospital. And we were in a conversation, and I usually don't like to get into political debates and conversations. I don't like to debate the scriptures. But this subject came up, and I knew that uh, that, that somewhere down the road I was going to get asked about it. I was going to have to respond to it. And so I'm going to go ahead and get it out of the way and deal with it so you'll know uh, how I feel about racism. Hey, man, uh, I grew up in the South in a poor poverty-stricken family. I grew up on a farm. Uh, we dealt with racism. My ancestors, great grandparents, they dealt with slavery and all that. They went through that. And I would say, you know, they was black as they come, but they was just as racism played on them because of some of the things that they had been conditioned to do. And so to me, racism works both ways, okay? So so, so it ain't just a black thing, a white thing, black on white, white on white. It's just racism, amen, and we'll, we'll talk about that. So let's briefly just look at racism. Let's look at it, though, from a distance, because if you're black and you get too close to it, you'll be blinded by your blackness, and we don't want to do that as so many are doing right now. Some folks are just, uh, you know, stuck with this issue, and they fail to think clearly and rationally when it comes up every cycle. It's real, y'all. Uh, many have become blinded by their own blindness because we're too close to it. In other words, how many playing the race card really understand racism? Because I hear a different approach, a different understanding, a different meaning every cycle. When some black person is killed by police or by white people, or you know, I, I hear that word racism every time, and it gets a different tag on it, and so. It's just where we go to, you know. Whatever is popular, whatever the saying is, we come up with these or fancy quotes, you know. And, and that's how people define racism, okay? And so I'm just of a different, um, a different view and a different understanding of a different opinion, which like, So and everybody can have their own opinion but everybody got one. But I want to be fair when I talk about racism because you know one of the reasons I left the south of the to leave the south as a young nine-year-old boy, I said if, if God ever blessed me. I want to get as far away from this south as I could. At nine years old, I was thinking that way. We didn't do anything because I got sick and tired of, you know, the racist comments, and, you know, from my folks and black folks and in the church down where I grew up in. You know, I understood it. but I didn't want no part of it because, you know, as, as a young black boy growing up, I could make friends with anybody. Some of my friends, some of the first jobs I had were given to me by a uh, uh, 9 years old I had a job as a time working for a white barbershop that barbershop sent me over to another white barbershop so you know I I just I just didn't get it you know what I'm saying and so and then I had all my friends just about were black and white Spanish guys on the football team the the, the track team and the basketball team and we got along fine Uh, sometimes we would I get invited over to some of their houses Their mom was fix me, that's what she fixed them. I ate at their table. But now when my mom found out about it, she beat my brain down She told me to stay away. Now I knew she was doing that to protect me, you know, you know. And I know why. She was doing that, you know, and so I didn't have no issue with that. So I just have a different looking back, a different uh, a different perspective on it, you know, and I don't consider myself a racist person, but I did I was raised up in racism. And I think I clearly understand it right now. Well, let's look at it. Uh, I mean, we have, sometimes people say racism, and we don't really understand the full scope and the full spectrum of it. We just say it because that's something we can tag abuse on, we can tag police brutality on, we can tag them. 400 years just keep us stuck and slippery and blind, and we slip right back into it every time, and we never get out of it. But I was taking a look at it today after I had the conversations. I spent a little bit of time just kind of looking at the, the big picture, and are some things I came up with. We have symbolic racism. We have reverse racism. We have anti-racism, racism. We have cultural racism. We have aversive racism. We have racism in in, in the North in North America that's different than racism in South. In, in South. We have racism in the Arab, Arab world and all the other countries over there. Today we have created or let this system. Uh, problem uh escalate into a combative racism. We're dealing with now some symbolic racism and uh, you know, combative racism. It has led to a more scientific racism. So they're doing studies out there right now trying to figure out what's what's in the psychic of the black man, what's in the psychic of the of the of the of the Hispanic, the people of color that make them uh do the things that they do. So they're trying to find a a uh, scientific, uh, some finding that they can assign to it, amen, to get us to buy into it, that we got some kind of problem or we wired different than our white brothers and other brothers. And so that's what's going on now. Then you have theoretical racism, amen, they want to put a theory on it. Every time something happens with the black man or the people of color. Absolute. It said typically, hey okay, man, it didn't say a black group, or we're associated with black because we feel like that's who they're talking to. We call that coded language. But this is a definition, man, that generally applies, okay, typically, because Jews were discriminated against. They were, they were prejudiced against them. They racist. The stuff was against them. Uh, you know, Mexicans, you know, uh, uh, Asian-Americans, uh got a big problem right now in Hawaii, which is one of the most diverse islands out there right now. They're having a problem. And you have the uh, the Indians, you know, that, you know, the Native Americans. So everybody's got a little bit of a of a taste of this that's been applied to some of these places out in Dakota and different places way, way back when in the old Western days, you know, those people dealt with this. They didn't call it that. Deep. Amen. They just said that those people did not belong. In the, in the upper echelon of society. And they treat them that way. They took the gold, they took the buffalo, they did all that stuff. Because they placed them in a category. And they didn't call it racism, but that's what it was. you know. And we're going to talk about when the first time we this word became a word that was used in public dialogue and public speaking. And uh, I'll tell you now, it was in 1992. We're going to talk about uh, how so we did it right. Please put your phone on mute. I don't know why you get on late and then make all that noise. Put your phone on mute, please. I need you to do that. Uh, In my opinion, it is high time that we move all away from our belief that our different race and diversity among ourselves somehow possess distinct characteristics, abilities, or qualities, especially so as to distinguish them as inferior or superior. To another person to another one another got to get away from that symbolic racism which is what's prominent out there right now you know everything is being based on a symbol that's why the monuments are coming down that's why this is coming down that's why people are protesting this all these symbols out there the cold language when the president speaks or the cold language when the mayor speaks all of the literature out there is being uh, that is that is out there now and it, all this is symbolic racism and it becomes very combative real quick when those symbols are, are flashed or those symbols are misunderstood or those symbols are taken as, a, as an insult, you know. Uh, that racism also is known and referred to by many modern symbolic racism types uh, or modern racism, okay? stems from a symbolic prejudice or racial resentment, which has been around a long time, which is a coherent belief that reflect an underlying unindimensional prejudice toward any ethnic. These are the kinds of beliefs which stereotypes blacks as morally inferior to white. People. Let's just be honest. Whites are racist and black people violate traditional white American values, such as hard work, independence. You know that's 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 the distinction. Now I, this is not me. I'm not I'm not endorsing this information that I was there to find today, uh, some studies that were done. Generally speaking, not specifically, but generally speaking, it is believed that these types of beliefs are what uh, causes discrimination against black people or people of color by white people. We have for years justified this behavior as discrimination. Some of us, however, chose not to view these types of discrimination as symbolic discrimination but I own the spin on our own it because prejudice is linked directly to race, not directly connected to our social status or political issues. We try to make this such, you know. Four measures are being applied right now across the, across the globe to blacks today, mentioning these are not my endorsement of them, but these are some of the arguments that are out there right now that scientists Politicians, that clergy uh, out there now studying, trying to trying to justify this, so that they can continue to, you know, the whole, uh, you know, that prejudice plumb line, saying that we're only going to be able to do this because, you know, they're saying we're morally unfit, we're ethically unfit, and they're trying to figure out ways, man, to keep uh, that line is, is the way they measure us, amen. And so these are the four arguments themes and beliefs out there about us as a race. This is uh, not my confession or my admission to any of this. I'm just passing on information to try to help people understand. This is is one of the arguments. Blacks no longer face much prejudice for discrimination. We know that's not true. Second, the failure of Blacks to progress results from their unwillingness to work hard Honest, because I was black and in charge, some of the black soldiers wanted me to give them a break. <laughs> i'm so I have dealt with that. But I didn't see it, see it the way the white guys saw it. Then it's different when a black man looks at something a black man do than a black man looks at something a white man do, or vice versa. It's really different. You know, you're treated different. So I can understand a little bit why that theme, or that belief is out there. Number three, blacks are demanding too much, too fast. Uh, I'll give you my personal testimony right here. For year in the military, I went through institutionalized racism. One of the most racist places I've ever been in. Okay, uh, you know, but I had to figure out a way to deal with it because I left home to try to get away from racism and end up in the military, travel around the world, and ran right into it. So it's everywhere. There was no place I could go to get away from it. So I took an inventory of the system I was in. and I said, you know what? I'm not going to be very effective as a young private, even an E4, E3. I need to work my butt off in this system until I can get myself in a position of leadership where I can have some influence to try to, try to change some of this stuff, the discrimination, and institutionalized racism, and the promotion system. It was a mess. You know. You had some of the black guys were excellent uh, leaders. They could only make a certain rank, and that was it, while everybody else, the white guys, was you know, going all the way. That was obvious to me. And I said, I want to get promoted, so I'm going to have to figure this system out I'm going to have to work the same system that they work working to get promoted and see if it worked for me. And it did. And it did. When I had a bunch of my my, my 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 black brothers, all they did was point out to me how corrupt it was, you know, how they didn't have opportunity and how they wasn't going to be able to get promoted. And I told them, no, 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 no. You know, if we work this system that they work working and work it the way they work working and work it better than them, we got something we can hold open. And they didn't want to buy into that. They called me what you call a brown note, kiss up, a sucker. You know? But I was there to get promoted. And if they were getting promoted, I was going to figure out how they were getting promoted. And I was going to do it just a little bit better than them. Now, it, it took a lot of hard work and discipline. But my goal was to make a man so I made it in 20 years. I made it in 21. And I was 101 of 100 people of color that had achieved that rank in the whole military history, you know? And that was not an easy task. And so that that, so that dispelled that. You know, I was willing to work hard for it. Uh, Fourth, blacks have gotten more than they deserve. I mean, I've heard that all in my life. I've heard, I grew up on welfare. I grew up, we worked on a farm. We grew everything. Then we moved to the city by my parents so they could give their children a better opportunity for a better education. My mom did not have a former education. My dad, my dad was a farmer. He was in World War II. But they wanted to move into the city because of the public schools to give us a better opportunity to education because education was important. It is also believed that symbol racism, symbolic racism is perhaps the most prevalent racial attitude out there today. Why? Because in the minds of many Blacks and whites and other people of color, that symbolic racism has criticized many people of color for being inconsistent and how people of color uh, behave or or, uh, have been measured up over time. 400 years to be exact. Believe it or not, have continued to be uh, conducted socially, culturally, economically, educationally, governmentally, and religious experiments used when it comes down to the people of color and how where, how and where we fit in uh, or where we belong in America's experience. It is believed that many whites, okay, with the aid, assistance, and support of many people of color have managed to provide themselves with evidence that most, that most responses do not matter when other people of color, especially African Americans, are referenced. For the most part, it is only an issue when it involves the black people. Again, not my position or my argument. We have been delivered from indulging in fleshly, worldly arguments, only to arouse and excite the human nature and human spirit. I gotta have more than that. Can't get excited every time somebody dies, man. I'm ready to go out here and, and please my, my 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 human spirit and my human nature. In 1902 some historically significant figure by the name of General Richard Henry Pratt, according to the Oxford English Dictionary Records, okay, and the Library of Congress, using this ugly antagonistic word racism, in quote, is a it was a speech he gave and it was a speech decrying racism. Okay, on the front, on the surface, he made a beautiful speech. He was railing against the evils of racial segregation. But his own legacy on race is checkered, it's tainted, it's contaminated. That's what's in the Library of Congress. Listen at a bit of what he said in his speech. He said in quote, segregation as class or race of people, apart from from being rest the rest of the people uh, kills the progress of segregated people or makes their growth very slow. Association of race races and classes or racism or classism, end quote. I love that, close quote. I love that. But see, that was just a speech, okay? Even though he made the speech, this is the, this is the first time racism was, the word racism came into play, in that speech, okay? Okay. Even though he made the speech, this is not how he was remembered when his name was mentioned. Among his kind, other generals like him of the white, black, and prominent whites, he agreed with the quote by a fellow general that out. in quote, that only good Indian, the only good Indian is a dead Indian, close quote, quote. In a sense, Pratt agreed, but said this, indeed, in quote, open quote, I agree with your sentiment, General, but only in this, that all the Indians there is in the race should be dead. He the Indian in him and saved the man, close quote. So he said something else out of his heart that came out of his mouth. You know, Jeremiah chapter 17, verse 9, t- talked about the heart. It's just really wicked above any other thing uh, in the body. Okay, so these after effects, these after effects from 1992 now, first time that word was used by this general, okay, in a speech decrying it, but at the same time harboring it in his heart. All it takes is one incident for the surface. These after effects since 1992 and racial sentiments are still why the discussion on racism remains a deeply contentious subject or conversation <clears throat> that is boiling over the happen even today. Uh, I was having a discussion, like I said, one of my friends when this came up Okay, I wasn't getting much traction because I guess I am concerned with running the whole race, not just the racism part. I am stirred by having the opportunity afforded us by God to set aside or hold on to or even cast away all hindrances and impediments in order to be able to move forward beyond the age old struggles of racism and discrimination. The book of. Uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 10 verse 11 to 13, King James Bible says this. Now all these things happen unto them for example, and they are written for I am in it, upon whom the ends of the world are come. Wherefore, let him not think as he standeth he that standeth, taketh he these he fall. There hath no temptation taken you but such as is common to man. But God is no, who will not suffer you to be tempted above that which ye are able, but will, with the temptation, also make a way to escape that ye may be able to bear it. And so, what is God saying here? There's everybody out there is tempted, tempted to uh, let whatever's in your heart be broken up for your First Amendment right, or Second Amendment right, Fifth Amendment right. We got so many constitutional amendment rights out there right now. And everybody's tempted to use those, hide behind those, you know, use those as a shield, you know, to be able to say things, do things, express things. You know, everybody, everybody's tempted to do that. Black, white, doesn't matter. Everybody. You know. But God is saying, I, I made a way for you to escape out of that because it's, it's because everybody's discriminated against. Everybody has pressure. You know. I like to think I don't, but there are times when I when I, I, I can identify with it because I'm black. I get hit, too. I've, I've gone through, too. I've, I've, I, you know, I've been called names, too. I've been called in word too. Sometimes, I, I, you know, before I got saved, <laughs> different things. But, see, God made a way for me to escape out of all that. Even back then at nine years old, I wanted to run away from the South. To me, it was one of the most racist, God, you know, forsaken place I'd ever seen. You know? and, and wherever I went, it was still there. It was everywhere I went. It was everywhere I went in my travels. And I was not always the one on the receiving end. I had some Spanish brothers, some Asian brothers in my unit, and they were discriminated. I, I remember some, all the jokes that were told about the way Asian-American eyes and all the day. See, at the time, you know, I, I, I wasn't understanding racism. I wasn't understanding what was going on. But I remember now when I look back. But see, God made a way for me to escape out of that, and I refused to go back and be trapped in that. You know, not now. Then he goes on here and it says, We are to refuse to understand and the deeper understand what the deeper problem is in uh, all races. Have besieged, have been besieged by an old age, old enemy, much older than racism and discrimination called sin on all sides. Sin on all sides. So that we cannot escape except God makes a way for us to escape out of all us of Genesis three fifteen. Is a long way from happening than what happened in 1992, okay, by General Pratt. Jesus said this in the book of Genesis chapter 3, okay, verse 15 in the King James Bible. And I will put enmity between thee and the woman, and between thy feet and her feet. It shall bruise thy head, and thou shall bruise it. Unto the woman, he said, I will greatly multiply thy sorrows and thy conception in sorrow. Thou shalt bring forth children, and thy desire shall be to thy husband, and he shall rule over thee. And unto Adam, he said, Because thou hast hearkened unto the voice of thy wife, and hast eaten the tree of which I commanded thee, saying, Thou shalt not eat of it, curse is the ground, but thy say, in sorrow shalt thou eat of it all the days of thy life. Not some days, all the days of your life. Thorns also and thistles shall it bring forth to thee, and thou shalt eat the herbs of the field, and in the sweat of thy face shalt thou eat bread, till thou return unto the ground. For out of it was thou taken, and from dust thou art, and unto dust shall thou return and Adam called his wife named Eve because she was the mother of all living. And the Lord said, and the Lord said, Behold, the man is become as one of us to know good and evil. And now least he put forth his hand and take also the tree of life and eat and live forever. Therefore the Lord God sent him forth from the Garden of Eden to till the ground from it when he was taken. So he drove out the man and he placed at the east of the garden of Eden a cherubim and a flaming sword, which turned every way to keep the way of the tree of life. So you have to understand now what God is saying to get back to the tree of life, to get back into the place with God, you're going to have to love white people. You're going to have to love people that hate you. You're going to have to love people that persecute you. God said, look, you. We ain't gonna get back to God. God has put a an angel to watch and make sure that don't happen. Adam, Adam not wasn't gonna do it, we're not gonna be able to do it. You know, that he said for the rest of your days, you know. But see, Jesus the second man, Adam came and sent the grace and forgiveness of. And Jesus said, Look at here, how can you say you love me? You ain't never seen and hate your brother you say every day. So we're gonna have to move forward from this stuff. You know, we're gonna have to love those who persecute us. God has made a way for us to escape. Can't just keep going back to this old argument, this old argument. That's why it hadn't gotten better. That's why we deal with it the same way every time. It's a slippery slope, you know. And so, you know, it it behooves every one of us to make a decision. Either I'm gonna do it God's way, I'm talking about completely being all in or all out. You can't be you can't be halfway, you know. And and then my son was talking today, and God dropped this in my spirit. He said, how many times is racism, which is ugly and antagonistic, you know, are going to come to the to the black race of people, the people of color, Jews, whoever has been discriminated against, prejudiced against, regardless of the size of the institution or the individual that's doing it. How many times is racism perhaps going, going to come and present itself to you and throw you off? Why can't you turn the tide and you go present your new self, your new creation, your new Christian, yourself to racism. We always let racism come in and, and, and determine the, the outcomes and determine what responses we're gonna have and what and, 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 and what adjustments are or how we're gonna fight it a combat. That's why it's called symbolic because we some we symbolically march, we symbolically protest, we do all of these things. The people are calling that symbolic racism. That's what it is. Dr. So King marched, we've had marches, you know hundred thousand men march on D.C. probably got another one coming up it symbolic racism because we do the same, we, we follow the same symbolic thing. Why not me as a new creature, a new creation, been saved out of racism, even though racism still exists, still causing problems. Why not introduce myself as a Christian against racism and say, look, I'm not going to, you're not going to force me to discriminate against my white brother. I'm going to pray for him. I'm going to try to show myself friendly to him, or my Mexican brother, or my Asian I served in the military with them. We got along fine. We just called each other, you know, fellow soldiers. Now, some of the upper echelons didn't like it. They didn't want to see us getting along. You know, They wanted to see us working hard. But the white guys, man, they got the promotion. They were the ones who was in leadership. We were trying to figure out, man, what was they doing, you know, that we wasn't doing. You know, we were lean, mean, fighting machines. You know, because we had family. You know, so we took that job serious. We couldn't lose that job. We had family. We had kids, you know, that were depending on us but we had to work five times as hard, but I'm glad I did, you know, because nobody was going to ever lay me. I was raised up on a farm, so I knew my work ethic was tight, like, and I used it to work for me. Right in a racist system, you know, and it hadn't changed much today, but if I can do it, poor as I was, and as and, and racist as I was raised up on both sides, I believe anybody can do it. Anybody, you know, anybody, anybody. And so this is, a, this is, this is more of a, of a spiritual problem than it is a physical problem, even though there's just physical consequences out there that's got to be addressed. But you've got to get this spiritual thing right. You know, you've got to stop letting uh, racism coming from whatever direction it's coming from, whatever institution level, dictate how you're going to respond to it. You've got to introduce yourself as a born-again believer, a man or woman of God, to racism. Say no racism. you just like any other demonic spirit. Just like any other ugly, antagonistic, evil, demonic influence, you are not going to win over me today. You are not taking me back 400 years. I'm not going back. I'm not going to go out here because the weapons of my warfare are not carnal, but they are mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. I'm not going there with you this time, racist. No, no, no. I'm not going there. Not going to get in that trap this time. Not going to do it. 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 Then he goes on to say. You know, uh, wherefore, sin. we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, lay, let us lay aside every weight and every sin that doeth so easily to set us, and let us run with patience the race that is set before us. That ain't the race, y'all, running back to racism. Looking unto Jesus, the author awesome and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God, for consider him that endured such contradiction of sinners against himself, lest ye be wearied and faint in your mind. Ye have not yet resisted unto blood, striving against sin, that temptation, man, to hate you, white brother, hate whoever. And ye have forgotten the exhortation which speaketh unto you as unto children, my son, despise not thy chastening of the Lord, nor faint when thou art rebuked of him, for whom the Lord loveth he tasteth and salvages every son whom he receiveth. If ye endure chastening, God dealeth with you as with sons. For what son is he of whom his father tasteth not? But if ye be without if ye be without chastisement, whereof all are partakers, all are partakers, then are ye bastards and not sons. Furthermore, we have had fathers of our flesh which corrected us, and we gave them reverence. Shall we not much more rather be in subjection unto the Father Spirit and live? Oh my God, more than anything, please now do it His way. But they verify for a few days. Casting us after their own pleasure. Yeah, they're dealing with us after what pleased them. But that's okay. God is watching. But he, for our profit, he died for us to be able to endure that hardship like a good soldier. Okay, suffer for him. He said, hey, they're going to hate you because they hated me. And if you mind, they're going to hate you in this world you live in. You're going to have thousands of tribulations. But be of good cheer. It'll profit you. Count it all joy. You know, when these savage temptations fall on you. He says, you know. It's going to benefit you. It's going to profit you, you know, that we might be partakers of his holiness. Now, no chastening for the present seemeth to be joyous, but grievous. Oh, yes. Yeah. Nevertheless, afterwards, it yieldeth the peaceable fruits of righteousness unto them with the exercise thereby. Look at, God of Look at God. Wherefore, lift up the hands which hang down and the feeble knees and make straight paths for your feet. Least that which is lame be turned out of the way, and let it rather be healed. God speaks, praying for forgiveness and healing of the land. Follow peace with all men, and holiness without which no man shall see the Lord. Looking diligently, least any man fail of the grace of God. Least any, talking about everybody now, white, black, brown. Least any root of bitterness spring up trouble you. From the past. And thereby many be defiled; Least there be any fornicator. A profane person. As Esau. Who for one morsel of meat. Sold his birthright. I want to please that flesh. For ye know how that afterwards. When he would have inherited the blessing. He was rejected. Hmm, something to think about y'all. For he found no place of repentance. No place of repentance. Though so he thought it carefully with fear. Come on, you cry. You're going to repent. Broken heart and Christ spirit, God will not despise. For ye are not come into the mount that might be touched and that burn with fire, nor unto blackness, unto blackness and darkness and tempest at the sound of a trumpet and the voice of words, which voice they that heard entreated that the words should not be spoken to them anymore but they could not endure that which was commanded. Same standard, same word for everybody, universal God. And if so much as the beast touches the mountain, it shall be sown as thrust through with a dart. And so terrible was the sight that Moses said, I exceedingly fear and quake. He saw man God had no respect to person. You know, <laughs> when God destroys something, he destroys. When God saves, something, he it. When God heals, something, he heals. You can't put God in no box. But ye are come unto Mount Zion. I love that. a Holy place, you know. And unto the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem, and to an innumerable company of angels, to the general assembly and church of the firstborn, which are written in heaven, and to God, the judge of all, and to the spirits of just men made perfect, and to Jesus, the mediator of the new covenant. And to the blood of sprinkling that speaketh better things than that of Abel. Not going down that path. We don't. God has entertaining a better way. Mercy and grace, those who might cut. He said, Look here, man, the peacemakers are going to be called the children of God. Not the hell raisers, not those who seek division. See that ye refuse not him that speaketh. Let God speak to you. Don't refuse him, obey what he tells you. If they escape not the not who refused him that faith on earth, Jesus. Much more shall they not escape if we turn away from him that speaketh from heaven, whose voice then shook the earth. But now he has promised, saying, "Yet once more I shake not the earth only, but also heaven." And this word, ye once more signify the removing of the of the those things that are shaken as of. That are not made, that are made, that the, that those things which cannot be taken may remain. And on your firm foundation, what foundation are you standing on? You know, on this rock I build my church, and the gates of hell will not prevail. Stand on the promises of God. Get out of that sinking sand. Wherefore we are receiving a kingdom which cannot be moved. Let us have grace whereby we may serve God acceptably. With reverence and godly fear, for our God is a consuming fire. That's out of the book of Hebrews, chapter twelve, verses one through twenty-nine, the King James Bible. That was my where my text came from tonight. Amen. And so you 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 you've gotten my text tonight. Amen. Praise God. So let's go a little bit further here. Amen. 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 Just a little bit further. So what is he saying here? You can't be indulging in the flesh. Okay. You can't be despising authority. You, can't, you can be bold, but you can't be arrogantly proud. Ignorance and arrogance, you know, just does not get it done. Okay. God is, you know, he, he he hates it. Okay, Flanderous and quick to uh, <clears throat> carouse around in pleasure, you know, boasting about you know all that you have and all that, fashion, your little cars and your little whatever your little lifestyle and you know and all of that, you know, pleasure seat. God ain't pleased in that said in the presence of the Lord, there's a pleasure he wants you to have in the presence of joy. You know, not worldly pleasure, not Opportunity came together when they merged. I had success. I got promoted. I went all the way to the top. You know, once I tasted, I said, "Man, forget about them. They can look at me, call me n-word. They can call me whatever they want to. They're not gonna take my eyes off my goal. I want to get promoted. Man, start so in twenty years. And if they can do it, I'm gonna figure it out, and I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna use the same system they use. That was my opportunity. And because of the way I was raised, I didn't want I didn't want to do it that way. I didn't want to blame it on racism, discrimination. It wasn't even called racism. And I don't know what it was called—prejudice, whatever. But I was not going to stop. I was going not. I was not going to let that be the end of it. If they could do it, I was going to do it and do it better. because You just can't. My mama would have heard about me over there, man, being disrespectful to a man. She'd have probably came to Germany and beat my butt. She didn't play that. Because they, they said, to them, do it. They do it openly and involve unbelievers of the world. That's what you see going on out there right now. They hate you, man, because you got unbelievers out there, man, right now, running things, running things, running things. And we should be running things, you know, or at least having a party. You know. and so what we're doing is running away from things, and we're going right back to the same world every time something comes up, every time we get denied, every time a door slams in our face. We need to pool our resources and work together. See, right now, man, you got... I was looking today, man, how many thousand? I was going to bring the list and go over it tonight. It took me five hours to go over the thousands of organizations out there right now that's got some type of black lives movement. Why don't they just, poop? why don't everybody got to go duplicate the same effort? Why can't we just come together? We're, di- we're divided against our own self, and the Bible says a oh, house divided against self can't stand. Go look at how many black movements, black lives, this, blackness, this, you know, action that with it. That you have out there right now, every time you have a race issue, we go create another organization. Why don't we all just come together and we unify our own house? We talk about unity, But look at how many different organizations right now competing for grant money, doing this, doing that. Everybody got their own idea, you know, double-minded, you know, you know unstable in all of our ways. why well, we ain't going to solve this problem. They're looking up and playing and feeding on our division. because we ain't figured out racism yet. We ain't figured it out yet. We ain't figured out how to work this, make this system work for us. We got to have God's wisdom. We got to have godly counsel. A lot of people don't want to talk about God right now. They want to deal with the systemic, economical problem, the poverty problem, the, you know, the, the, the depleting of uh, infrastructure in a lot of these communities. They didn't just get like that overnight. Somebody, some some people living there allowed that to happen. You can say whatever you want to say. You've know, you, you got prominent black people right now in the high positions but they wanna don't want to use that position. You know, they wanna they wanna protect their job. They don't wanna rub nobody the wrong way. They don't wanna get in their man and make that system work. You know. And bring some folks along with you. They talk about it, they talk around it, but they go right back to the table and say, we should have this conversation versus this conversation. Yeah, you can talk or talk to talk, but when are you gonna walk the walk. Y'all are in those positions. In those positions. Some of them are quiet and silent. Like they forgot where they came from. I was looking at Mister Carson today, and I was like, "Man, how how are you a surgeon in general? Who let you work on their brain? Look like you gave your brain as an implant to them because you don't have your head is empty. You're the HUD secretary. Man, you ought to be over in in, in the Senate, Congress every day trying to get that infrastructure, man, in some of those cities. You you're the man, dude." As Scripture, Book of Peter, Second Peter, chapter three, verse sixteen, King James Bible. As also in all his epistles, speaking to, speaking in them of these things, and which are some things hard to be understood, which they that are unlearned and unstable risk, as they do also of the Scriptures, unto these, unto their own destruction. According to the Book of Second Peter. Chapter 3, verse 16. And I went over this scripture the last time we were together. You know, amen, amen. So let me drop down here uh, the book of Isaiah, chapter 56, verse 10, King James Bible. It says, His watchmen are blind, they are all ignorant, they are all dumb dogs, they cannot bark, sleeping, lying down, loving to slumber. That's in the book of Isaiah, chapter 15, verse 10, King James Bible. Uh, book of Matthew, chapter 15, verse 14, King James Bible says this. Let them alone. They be blind leaders of the blind, and if the blind lead the blind, both shall fall into the dead. Uh, the book of Revelation chapter 12, verse 19, James Bible says this, And the great dragon was cast out, and the old serpent called the devil and Satan, which deceiveth the whole world, he was cast out into the earth, and his angels were cast out with him. Read John, the book of 3 John, chapter 1, verse 2, King James Bible says this. Beloved, and I'm ending here. I wish above all things that thou may have prospered and be in health, even as your soul prospered. But that's the key right there. That's the key right there. Soul got a prosper. You got to get this word in your soul. Yeah, got to get changed from the inside so you can present yourself as a new creature to racism. That's the key. Not racism presenting itself to you as an old issue we've always had. That's the key. We got to present ourselves to racism not racism coming back forward years the event and it's itself to us, and we deal with it the same way every time. So, Father, we thank you for the teaching tonight. Thank you for those that were on tonight. God, we pray that you go out serve a purpose. Don't come back boy, but just help your people, mature your people. Give them some understanding. Give them some insight. Give them something to really fight with, Lord, because we're in a spiritual war. So we thank you for it tonight. In Jesus' name, may this word never return, but may it fall on good ground, Lord God. Serve sure the purpose of which you send it tonight. In Jesus' name. Amen. All right, then Well, praise the Lord. Amen. Praise Amen. the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. I'm finished. I'm